there's too many people that are isolated in trying to do good work for God. They're all trying to figure out how to market Catholicism in a fresh way that actually engages people. So we tried it the first year, had tremendous success. It's exciting. I'm having fun. I'm meeting a lot of really great people. I have been to all of these shows over the last year, and by far this is my favorite. I want to emphasize the importance of what you're doing as lay apostles in the CMN. The Catholic Marketing Network has a service that the marketplace needs and the church needs. There's the distribution of a lot of Catholic religious items, but most of the people you talk to, they say, well, we really come for the networking. It's a great joy to be here. In fact, it was almost 10 years ago that I came to the Catholic Marketing Network for the first time. There was a friend and I putting out sacred music. St. Ignatius Press picked it up and they showcased us and before you knew it, we had sold 20,000 copies to people like you. And that sprung board a company that now has reach in about eight different countries. I found really good and you know very interesting because I like when people come from everywhere and we can learn a lot. We come to show something but they show us too, so that's, uh, that's an amazing. This is always one of my favorite, favorite, favorite events. I always love coming here and being here because it's, uh, it's such a synergy to be around like-minded people with the same ideals, the same love for the church, so it's beautiful. Welcome to the Sowing Hope Podcast. This is a show all about implanting hope in our hearts. I'm Bill Snyder, joined by my friend Anne DeSantis. We're glad you're here for our uplifting conversation about faith and how it sustains our hearts through all the seasons of life. Thanks for walking with us. And good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Sewing Hope Podcast. I am Bill Snyder. It's great to be with you, and it's great to be continuing along our Beatitudes series here. Uh, I can't believe it. We're on the seventh episode of our Beatitudes series, but uh, we are uh, going to be talking about peacemakers today because that is the Beatitude we're going to be sharing on. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. And uh, Anne DeSantis is with me as always. How are you this evening, Anne? Oh, I'm doing great, Bill. Good to be here. I've been loving this series. Yeah, me too. I, I think we say it every week, but we're learning so much. We're learning so much alongside uh, all of our you know, lis- listeners that are listening to this. Uh, we, we really appreciate and thank you uh, for all joining us. And, and if you haven't listened to the first uh, six episodes in the series, Please go back and listen to the first six episodes in the series. Uh, you can visit uh, you know, on any podcast uh, service anywhere in the world, uh, just searching for Patchwork Heart Radio and scroll down and, and make sure you listen to the other episodes because, uh, you know, we're, we're kind of building on one another, I would say, and too, or, you know, you know, each week, you know, is a separate topic, but we, you know, we just keep building on um, the, you know, the wisdom that's revealed each week. So, so, it, so it's really wonderful. Uh, don't, don't miss out on the full series folks. Yeah, really. I think that Bill and I have learned so much and 
and what that equals out is that you you will also probably be learning so much too yeah. by listening to it and it's it's really been incredible and i don't think in my life i've ever spent this much time contemplating the beatitudes and the beatitudes are such an important part of being a catholic and we have the 10 commandments and we have the the two great commandments but the beatitudes are also lessons that jesus gave directly to his people and also to us so uh, that's the, that's the the big message there is that this is a timeless message of how to live a good life for God and for others. Yes, absolutely. And uh, you know, so today, uh, you know, we're going to talk about that seventh beatitude, which is uh, again, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. And you know, let's uh, let's dive in because uh, you know. We during during the past year we've seen so much unrest, right? We've seen so much, um, you know, peacelessness. It's not a. It's just a, a lot of unrest, just feeling unsettled um, in our lives. I, I remember um, just just over a year ago, you know, we we had or that that entire thing where um, there was a lot of civil unrest due to racial tensions in this country you know uh there were there was a lot of rioting looting i mean that's not peace right uh that you know that is that is destruction evil you know um and so and so jesus calls us to something else he calls us to be peacemakers um and and, and that's an action term folks peacemakers is an action term you know we you know we don't uh, just sit on our hands and peace doesn't just appear you know, Jesus is saying, you got to go out and make peace, right? You got to go out and make peace. Yeah, that's exactly what it means. And some people might question, well, what exactly is peace? It's not just the absence of violence. Peace yeah. is, is inviting God, I believe, inviting God into a dialogue with other people. You know, a lot of times we're afraid of people. We're afraid to make peace with people. We're afraid to be people of, of openness and people hearing somebody else's quote side. Right. Um, but when we invite the Lord in, that's, that's where, that's where really the spirit is at work. When we, we invite him to come in to that chaos. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, when we look at the sermon on the Mount, I mean, we have the eight, right. There are eight. Uh, Beatitudes. And this one, which, you know, we can find uh, in chapter five of Matthew, uh, it that's exactly what it says. It says that blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. So I didn't know if, Bill, if you had anything to say. I know you um, are doing a lot of researching on that because there is so much to talk about when it comes to being the peacemaker. Yeah, you know, I the one thing I think about peacemaking is the is the second half of that beatitude. It's for they will be called children of God. I I used to have a choir director when I was in high school. Uh, I I played trumpet for uh, my my youth choir. Uh, shout out to um, Saint Norbert's Parish in Paley, Pennsylvania. I used to play trumpet uh, for for the youth choir on the weekends. And I wasn't very good at trumpet, but it was uh, a a great thing for me to just be involved in. 
and, and be able to, you know, worship the Lord through song. And so um, my, my choir director uh, used to say, uh, she used to call us embryos of God because we were younger <laughs> than, than, than adults. Um, you know, she always used to say that we were embryos of God uh, because we, you know, we're, we're younger than adults because if adults are children of God, then what are teenagers or what are children? You know, they're embryos or uh, zygotes of God, right? Um, but there's something that is very analogous about being a child of God and bringing about peace. You know, uh, little, little children, you know, little ones like, you know, kindergartners and whatnot, you know, we, we can teach them and it's almost inherent, you know, like, like in them to, to bring peace about. Their, their reconciliation process is very simple, right? Like, like, like if we tell a kindergartner to uh, apologize to their friend or, you know, say they're sorry for taking their toy or whatever it might be, their reconciliation process is very simple. It's not complex. They, they walk over to their friend and they say, I'm sorry. They say, you know, and, and their friend looks at them and oftentimes goes, yeah, you are, you know, and, and you're reconciled there. And so I think, you know, here in, as, and as we grow up, we, we make peacemaking more complicated by our, by our situations, right? We, you know, we make it so complex. Well, you know, this person really doesn't forgive me for that. And they didn't do this. And we, and we hold grudges and we do this and we do that. And we don't necessarily bring about peace the way children do. Like, like they, they believe it in face value. You know, when somebody says they're sorry, or when somebody says, you know, welcome home, like, like they believe that, you know, and they take that at face value. And I think, we we as people have to take a look at understanding what that when that means like okay looking at the intention behind something you know and and, and really believing that person you know all right we're going to reconcile nations together we're going to reconcile uh communities together like we have to we have to take people's um word at face value we can't you know, put all oh, that person, you know, really doesn't mean that. And that person, like, like, like we do that as adults, like, you know, and, and we judge so many other aspects of it. And, and Christ isn't calling us to do that. He's not calling peacemakers to do that. He's calling them to look at things from a fresh perspective and say, you know what, this person's out there doing their best and they may have harmed me or they may have harmed society. They may have, you know, done some things wrong in, in their life. And you know what? So have I. And to bring about that peace, to bring about that reconciliation between parties, we've got we've to boil it down and say, you know what? I accept you unconditionally. I, 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 I accept your forgiveness. I accept your uh, apology completely without without any you know reservation without holding anything back i accept that and now i can sit down with you and have an a conversation and that's why i think christ uses that childlike uh reference right they'll be called children of god those who 
are reconciling others, those that are bringing people together. And, and, you know, you know, we talk a lot about, um, you know, that, that scripture, and I don't have it, the exact citation in front of me, but, you know, where Christ says, you know, you know, I came not to uh, unify, but I came to divide, right, and pit a mother against her, uh, you know, husband, and, you know, you know, that, that type of uh, thing, I, you know, I'll, I'll find that scripture reference here in a second. But the reality is, is like, you know, Christ, Christ did say that. Um, and, and, and he did say that in truth. But it's also about, you know what, coming together and being able to have peace with people who have differences. You know, he, we should be able to sit down with those who we disagree with and and share faith and share life. We don't have to agree on everything to have a, a deep abiding peace. No, I, I agree with you completely. Um, and it's it's a good lesson for all of us. And I think there's models of peace too. We think of people like Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., right? We think of people like St. Teresa of Calcutta, Mother Teresa. And actually, Bill, uh, in modern times, I think of people like our own Holy Father right now because uh, he has preached on this so much. And I think he lives it too. And he, he, I believe, I think you would agree, Bill, I do think that he has been greatly misunderstood in so many ways by his own people, by trying to be a peacemaker. And by some of the things that even our fellow Catholics might say about his stance on certain church teachings and things like that. I'm not going to get into any of that because that's not what this podcast is about. But the podcast is about the idea that when someone makes dialogue with, with another group that's different than them, just to open up the floor, right? Open up the floor. You know, I mean, we're always looking to say, well, that's against church teaching or whatever, you know, and, and I, I, like I said, I understand that, but I think the point is that, uh, if we come to the conclusion that yes, he, and maybe some of our other bishops and, and cardinals, we pray and hope have good intentions with what they are dialoguing and, and discussing with the world that the peace and opening up that floor is, is important. I have one of his quotes here, and I thought this would kind of give us an idea uh, that he said to, to go out to others and share the good news that God, our father walks at our side. He frees us from anonymity, from a life of emptiness and selfishness and brings us to the school of encounter. He removes us from the fray of competition and self absorption and he opens before us the path of peace. That peace, which is born of accepting others, that peace which fills our hearts whenever we look upon those in need as our brothers and sisters. Now, I just wanna unpack that a little bit. So he makes it a point to say, born of accepting others, that peace which fills our hearts whenever we look upon those in need as our brothers and sisters. Now, I think that's a perfect avenue to discuss how to make peace with people. And that's why I think our Holy Father has perhaps said things that people are misunderstanding. Because they're looking at the, he's looking at the fact that we're all human beings, sinful, 
as we are, there's people in need. So whether or not somebody is different as far as religion, race, creed, sexuality, whatever it is, or any of those different things that separate us, uh, there's still people in need. And when we look at that part, the human suffering part, I think what he's trying to do is to, to bring that piece about by saying, you know what, we can all agree that we're brothers and sisters and we can all help one another through this life. Yeah, I, you know what? And, and, and that's a beautiful thing. Like um, understanding that he is saying exactly that, that we are all brothers and sisters, that we are all in the same family. You know, we are made up of the same stuff. We are made up of the same stuff. And yet we find so many differences in that same, you know, stuff we have. We are, we are soul and body, right? We all have blood. We all have skin. We all have, we are made of the same stuff. And, you know, um, I, I want to talk a little bit more about that scripture passage that I referenced earlier. By the way, it comes from the, the, the gospel of Luke where it talks about Jesus and division and peace because it's because th this can be one of those real questions when we're talking about peacemakers because Jesus said, you know what? No, I, I didn't come to put peace on earth. <laughs> and, 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 it, and it kind of makes us pause for a second. And this is what it says. It's uh, Luke chapter 12, verses 49 to 56, or 53, excuse me. And it says this, I have come to set the earth on fire, and how I wish it were already abla ablazing. There is a baptism with which I must be baptized, and how great is my anguish until it is accomplished. Do you think that I have come to establish peace on earth? No, I tell you, rather division. From now on, a household of five will be divided, three against two, and two against three. A father will be divided against his son, and a son against his father, a mother against her daughter, and a daughter against her mother, a mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Like, and, but, but then Jesus says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they, <laughs> for they will be called children of God, right? And, 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 you know, like, the, the way the way I look at this um, is is Christ is calling us to do our best to bridge like, like like blessed are they who who do their best to bridge that gap right who who who, who stand there and and say no like what what does a child what does a child do often when their mother and father are fighting like like what 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 do they do they they don't necessarily yeah. choose sides, right? They don't they don't hate either side. They try to bring them together, right? Yes. And and so that another point, Jesus Jesus wants us to be like children in those situations. Yes, he is. There there are two delineated sides, good and evil. Christ is saying good and evil, right? Like he he he's he, he's not saying that. Um, there isn't evil, I, and and I think that's really important. That you know, when, when when we actually talk about peace, that that we talk about authentic peace, not not fake peace. There's there's fake peace, which which would encompass 
just absolutely everything. You know, isn't everybody welcome? You know, I it's it, it's it's like seeing that coexists bumper sticker on on cars, right? Like that coexists bumper sticker. Is that really peace, or is it just don't don't bother me with with your views? I have mine. They're in my own bubble. No, we're actually gonna have differences, and and those differences. And this war against evil that we're out there fighting can and at times divide us. <laughs> it divide it that that center line divides right down our family. I know it does in mine. I I I mean I know, you know, not maybe my immediate family, but but within, you know, my 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 greater family, there are people who think I'm absolutely bonkers for for believing in God and believing in Jesus and 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 that kind of stuff, but I'm still called to love them unconditionally. I'm still called into the situation to see with a child's eyes, to say, you know what, you're right. I'm on the opposite side of where you are. I'm com- I stand completely on the opposite side of where you are in your faith journey and in what you believe. However, however, um, I. Am called to look at this situation, and 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 be loved to you in it. The only way you do that is is not through the complexities of of adulthood and holding grudges and all that stuff. The only way you look at it, and I'm and I'm not perfect at this, but the only way you have to, you have to approach that situation like a child. And you got to say, you know what? I'm going to choose to bring peace here. I'm going to choose to bring love here. I'm I'm going to choose to love this person even though I believe that they are completely off base, right? And that, and that dividing line that, that Christ talks about does not negate um, us striving to bring peace into those situations, you know? So, so while, while these two scriptures and while Christ thinks, uh, you know, people say, oh, well, he, he came to divide, but then he's calling us to be peacemakers. How, how does that work? Well, no. Um, it's, it's that he is always calling us to a greater thing. Bring the peace into those immediate situations. You know, uh, bring, bring the calm. Take, take the tensions and enlighten them by your actions, looking at them through trial. You might not be able to um, quell the fire from, from the other person, but you can quell your own. Right. I mean, wouldn't you say that? And like when 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 tensions are really high and they're and, and they're really, uh, you know, going at it, you know, with somebody, if if you change your mindset, if you slow yourself down and you approach it from that childlike perspective, doesn't it infuse the peace into that situation, even if it's just for a moment and temporarily? Oh, yeah, it does. And um, and I think you made some really, really good points. And I think we can examine, too, what was Jesus' frame of mind when he says the things that he says that he didn't come on earth for peace, right? Because he knew that his dying, think about this, he knew that when he died for us and for sin, there's going to be a fight against evil because evil doesn't want everlasting life. Evil doesn't want heaven. Evil doesn't want good to win it in the end right so when we look at that that's what it comes down to right so that 
uh, unrest is not so much, uh, you know, hey, I need you to believe what I believe. It's it's the true fight of good versus evil. Right. And um, and that and I think that's what he was alluding to when he said that, because in the end, right in the end, all will be well and all will be good in heaven. But there's going to be a fight, um, an earthly fight. And I don't mean physical. Right. But I mean, sometimes there's like physical suffering and everything, of course. Right. So sometimes I guess it is physical. But for the most part, it's a spiritual fight against good versus evil. Um, and I just have a quote I thought I could read that I found from catholiceducation.org, just a small part of this article on happiness, uh, blessed are the peacemakers, it says we are not at peace with each other because we're not at peace with ourselves. We're not at peace with ourselves because we are not at peace with God. Christ does the same in putting the first table in the law first as Moses did. We need to relearn lesson one. Now, that was actually from uh, Thomas Merton which some of you are aware of, a spiritual master. He died in the, in the 1960s. Um, and I think that's a, a lesson for us to think about. We always have a fight in ourselves, right? Between good and evil all the time. Yeah. And, um, and even sometimes that fight that we have between good and evil goes in between people and groups and societies. And, you know, that's what we saw last year when we saw uh, that, whole idea of the unrest that was happening and it doesn't mean i don't think it means we snap our fingers and demand peace yeah. right that's not what it's about it's about letting love overcome the evil right so that we we can come together and and really understand what what is love anyway right we got to question that love really is obviously it's willing the best for the other and that would be obviously heaven, right? Wishing for all of us to experience heaven someday because this life's going to go uh, pretty fast. It's just a glimpse of, of our existence. And, um, and we're willing that, that good for all humankind to know God, love God, and serve God. Yeah. And, you know, it, it is work, right? Like, like it is work to be a peacemaker too, isn't it? Like, like don't we have to oh, work yeah. at it? Like, you know, and and again, that's the reason why I think Christ pairs it with ch being childlike because because it shouldn't be work. And 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 those that are peacemakers, you know, that see with little kids eyes, make it incredibly easy. But then we complicate it. Like I like I just think our as we grow up, we become more and more skeptical of others. And I know that's true in my own life. Like, you know, I mean, I, I can see it. Like when I was a kid, he was like, yeah, these people are, you know, you know, I, I might not be exactly like them. I might not agree with them, but they're not, I, I don't see them as bad. You know, I don't see them as evil. Um, and, and the other thing I think we have to remember in all of this is that, um, you know, where, where St. Paul says, you know, our, our fight is not with flesh and blood. It is with the powers and principalities. And that's from Ephesians, right? Where, where he talks about that. And, and so I think we have to take a look at that and remember from, from, the, from the human perspective that, that the, the, the other person, the person who is um, – I don't want to say it. The person that is 
on the opposite side of us that we're trying to bring the peace into is also a human being created by God. Like they, you know, they have a soul, they have a body that both deserve to be treated with dignity and respect. And while they might not be um, on our side at the moment, in, in whatever, and I'm not just talking about the great battle of good and evil, I'm also talking about, you know, like just trying to bring regular reconciliation into a workplace, <laughs> like, you know, or, or, or peace into your workplace or in, in your own home. You know, you, you have disagreements, you have problems, you have issues, right? You have to remember that that that, that person sitting across from you is, is and was created by God. You know, it, they, they are God's child too. And they seek, even if it's in a misguided way right at the moment, they they seek and they the the deepest desire of their heart is to be united with God, just like you. Your your enemies desire to be with God too, even if they don't recognize it right now, right? Like even if they don't know it, even if they're have never heard of Jesus, if they're you know Hindu or whatever. I mean, you don't know. You don't know. But. Because they're a very, because of their very existence and their dignity, right? Because of that, they deserve your compassion and your love and your work to bring about the peace in that situation. And the only thing you can control—I mean, I, I I like to talk about this a lot, and I and, and I've and I've used this with my wife and in my marriage. I. I I talk about controllables. What can you control? And do what you can do. Because the reality is you cannot control everything. You can't control every aspect of another person's life. You can't control what another person is going to do. But you can control you. And self-control is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. So if... If you can control yourself, if you can have that mindset to be able to say, I choose to bring peace in this situation, 99.9% .9 of the time, that person who is on the opposite side of you is going to grow in respect. They might not, and they're going to grow and look at it and kind of de-escalate the situation. It's not about agreeing with them. It's not about coming to, you know, oh, you, oh, you need to understand this and from, from my point of view or from your point of view. I, no. It's just bring the peace and let, and let God take care of the rest. Oh, Bill, I, I love a lot of what you said. I, I really love all of what you said. <laughs> um, but especially that whole concept of control because... I think what happens when you do see some kind of war, whether it be war between two people, war between a person and their own soul, right? You can even have that. You can have a war between you and your own soul at war within families, war within communities, war within the whole wide world, right? Mm -hmm. It's that whole idea of my saying or, or a person saying, I want you to think, behave, 
and, and act just like I do, because unless you do, I can't be friends with you. Now we, you and I did a whole, a whole podcast on bullying. I would say, go back and listen to that. That was when we first started with this podcast way back when a year ago. And, you know, bullying also, I think is, is an aspect that we need to look at when it comes to peacemaking. Sometimes the person that's being bullied does have to kind of like walk away in order to bring peace because that bully is not going to stop until they see the fact that this person is a person and deserves some kind of respect. And I don't know about you, Bill, but I've come to those places in my own life where I've actually had to walk away from certain situations or um, things that have happened in my own life and just walk away and say, you know what? Peace is not going to come from me forcing this dialogue with, with this person because this person is not open to my point of view at all yeah or me right you know what i'm saying or me for that matter and i think when we if we really want to be christians you know what we have we do have to accept people as they are and that i think that's where the problems come in because sometimes we as as good catholics or good christians we have an ideal about this is what a good christian or good catholic is right and we look at people and say, well, that person isn't this, 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 or this. And then therefore they can't have a relationship with them. Right? right. We, I think as Catholics, first of all, let's examine what does the word Catholic mean? It means universal, doesn't it? So that means that you and I, Bill, not just you and I, but all of us need to be able to be quote friends with people who are not like us. And I don't just mean people that you say, yeah, I know so-and-so, or I, that's my neighbor, that's my relative. You need to be able to possibly ha- be friends with them, have communion with them in some way. Um, yeah. Now, that, is, does that mean it's going to happen? No. Sometimes you, you can't make that happen. For whatever reason, that person doesn't want it to happen. That person it doesn't accept you for who you are. So therefore, you need to kind of maybe walk away. And don't force just like, like Christ wouldn't force either. And like I go back to the Holy Father, I think he's a great example of that because he's had it from both sides, hasn't he? He's had people um, in his own church accuse him of certain things, which I'm not, like I said, this podcast isn't to, to talk about that. But I think we can examine the fact that an open dialogue with with people doesn't necessarily mean that you're agreeing with everything that they do or say. Right. Right. Does that make sense, Phil? Yeah, absolutely. And I think you have to be able to have the courage, you know, peacemakers also know when to walk away in, you know, I mean, peacemakers do know when to walk away. And, um, you know, I mean, I mean, I mean, I know it sounds maybe like a like one of those uh, old country songs, but I mean, that's, but that's really what, what it is. They have, they have a, way to to walk away you know i mean what is, what is it uh, um and and it it doesn't mean that you are giving up like, like like when you're walking away from the situation doesn't mean you're not still infusing peace into it you're actually doing exactly that you are putting peace in the situation because because some you know there is some darkness that is so dark that it cannot even withstand a little bit of light and, and you go and carry a little bit of light in it, and it blinds the eyes of those. I mean, like, and they get angry. They just want to sit in the dark. And 
if that's the case, the the best way you can bring, bring peace into that situation is actually allowing the the light of Christ to slowly be revealed to their hearts and by praying. So if you aren't sitting, you know, across the room as the instrument of the uh, of the peace in that situation, you can still be praying for the peace of that situation. You know, um, there's there's such an important point that has to be made there for for people that you got to know when to walk away. You got to know when to walk away. And so I think it's very insightful and that you know that you mentioned that and uh, and and don't feel bad if you aren't the one that can bring peace in the situation. You know, there's the there's the uh, prayer from St. Francis of Assisi, right? Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Right? Whatever, whatever there's hatred, let me so love. Whatever injury, pardon. Whatever there's doubt, faith. Like, like that's a beautiful prayer. But let's also remember in, in that prayer that an instrument, not the instrument, right? Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Not the instrument of your peace. Right. Like, like, I like that, Bill. And, and you got to remember, right? Like, like there is going to be another instrument of peace that might be able to go into that situation. I, when when I think of that, I always think of like utensils. I don't know why I think of utensils, but I always think of utensils when I, when, when, when I think of that prayer, like knives, forks, and spoons. And, and, you know, like you can't eat soup with a fork. You just can't do it. And if I am, the instrument of a fork, if, if God has created me to be the fork, I am not going to be the one to solve the, the soup. Like, I'm not going to be able to eat it. Somebody else is going to need to be a spoon to, to, to take care of that problem, right? So, so like, you, you've got to look at it from that perspective and, and recognize that's where humility enters in and says, yeah, you know what? I've got to bow out, but I'm going to pray that the spoon comes i'm going to pray that the knife comes to you know you know cut this problem in two i i'm not that i'm not that instrument right i'm not that person that can that can infuse that into the situation but as a peacemaker i recognize that i do not necessarily have a spot here but somebody else does and i'm going to pray for that spot to come i'm going to pray for that person to enter in and, it, you know, it could just very well be Christ himself. Like, it could just very well be a mere, a miraculous occurrence uh, and appearance of Christ himself that enters in to that situation and, and does it because there's no other instrument other than his love that is going to solve it. Um, but, but, but again, it, it, it takes the childlike to do that. Versus, oh man, I've got to go fight these people tooth and nail, and I've got to go. No, no, it's just knowing when to when to bow out gracefully, and pray for the right instrument to enter in. Oh, Bill, that was good, and um, that's it's a good reflection for us to really visualize, like Bill said, and not the instrument, but an instrument. And um, I just pulled up something from the Catechism of the Catholic Church. It's number 1721 under Christian Beatitude. It says that God put us in the world to know, to love, and to serve him, and so to come to paradise. Beatitude makes us, quote, partakers of the divine nature and of eternal life. 
With beatitude, man enters into the glory of Christ and into the joy of the Trinitarian life. I mean, it sounds wonderful, doesn't it? But getting there isn't easy. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. Getting there isn't going to be easy. So I remember one time in a homily, and I should say maybe more than once, that the priest during the homily was talking about, you know, in the one instance in the Bible when you have to stand your ground and, and show your, uh, after you're slapped in the face, you, you turn your cheek, right? It doesn't mean that you want, you're inviting yourself to be beat up. What that actually means is that instead of, instead of, uh, of, of letting that person evil win over good is that you're standing your ground for good for the good. It doesn't mean you're inviting yourself to get beat up or be some kind of a doormat or something like that, but you're letting that person know that you were, you, you are, and we all are, all are loved and created by God. And therefore that good has to always stand and, and good does not fade away. So when you're showing your other cheek to the person after they slap you in the face, it doesn't mean that you're, you're inviting yourself to be beat up. And that may just mean walking away, right? In order to preserve the good, it could mean that instead of like, hey, say, come on, let's keep talking about this. Let's, yeah. let's have a fight about it, right? right? It means that sometimes walking away is the better thing. I know from my own life, Bill, I know that's happened um, more than once. And there was a particular time that I did it where it, it took up like several months to be worked out. But once that I did, I had to kind of walk away from a certain situation um, that when I, the person had to kind of come to their senses is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And realizing, you know, that Anne wasn't going to just be this doormat anymore. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like Anne wasn't just going to be this person to, um, you know, to, to let evil overcome and, but, but let, to, but to let the good come in. And by that I had to walk away, if that makes sense. A- I think we've all had that. I mean, I'm not the only one, right? Oh, I know I, mean, I have. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I know I have personally had to do that. Um, and, and sometimes with a struggle because people don't like that. They don't like the fact that you've walked away from them. You know, you know, when, 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 when sometimes when you're in a situation, uh, without going into any details here, sometimes when you're in a situation, and you know, and and you're you're being oppressed and you're being held down by 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 something that isn't good, and you try to walk away, evil doesn't want you to walk away, <laughs> and and they try and follow you for a while, um, until you make it completely clear that you're out, you know, and. And, and I've had to do that in my own life. You know, I've had to, I've had to do that in my own life too, Anne. And, and um, again, that's part of being peacemaker. It's part of wishing the best on them, right? Like, you know, part of, part of peacemaking is, is also willing the good for the other person, right? Like, like, you know, pray for your enemies, and I know we're going to talk a lot about enemies in our next podcast too, Anne, because that's the one that's coming up next on persecution, right? Like we're going to be talking about persecution on the, on the next podcast. And, and, and so I don't want to, you know, spill all the beans here, but the reality is, is that, you know, when, when we are called to will 
uh, will the good of the other person. We're, you know, we're called to have good um, come to those who we disagree with, who those we dislike, who those who have harmed us. Like, we are to will the good. And, and that's hard. Like, that's, folks, that is totally countercultural. That is totally countercultural. Our culture says if somebody has wronged you, they're done, right? Like, they're just done, you know? And, you know, and we should walk away and we should, you know, never, we, and we should never will that anything good happen to them again. We want to curse them. We want to, you know, and that's what our society says. No, no, no. We may need to walk away. But we are to will the good. We are to say, God, I hope that you can enter this person's heart and change it in some way. Uh, you know, when, when we do have to walk away uh, as as peacemakers. Exactly. And 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 I'm going to kind of um, give another perspective here because there's also another way of looking at this is that if we are the ones or if you're listening and you are the person who's harmed someone in some way, because we've all hurt people by our words and actions, right? But if somebody, if, if you are the person that's harmed someone and that person comes to you with goodwill, right? And says, you know, either, hey, let's talk or, or tries to be that peacemaker. We are, we are called to also to be Christian toward that person too. Now I have to underline that if they come with goodwill, right? there's some people who aren't coming with goodwill they they want to continue to argue or get you to try to believe and think and act ex exactly as they do and not accept you for who you are and what you're what you stand for as a catholic and as a christian or who you know wherever you are in your life on that journey right um but if they come to you with goodwill we we are to be like christ just like when you know when the prodigal son came home you know, we are to open up our arms and say, welcome home, right? We're not to be enemies to people. We are not to bully people. We are not to exclude people. We are not to make people feel like they are not part of a family or of a community. So if somebody, and even if that person, if you're the person that you've done nothing wrong, but somebody wronged you and made you excluded from some kind of a situation, whether it be your work, your job, your church, whatever it is, if that person comes back, the people in that group are called to open up their arms to that person. They are not to alienate that person any further for whatever reason that is. Does that make sense, Bill? Amen. Yeah, absolutely. We, that is ab absolutely, I think, what, um, going back to somebody like our Holy Father, what I think he's trying to teach us. Yeah. He's trying to teach us that we better become, we le better learn to become of friends with. Now, I don't mean that you need to hang out with people 24 seven, right? But befriend with people who are not exactly like us. Yeah, we can have as Catholics, we we should not have friends that are all exactly like us in every way, shape <laughs> and form, right? Come on, let's talk about that, Bill. Because yeah. I know that we get quite a few people um, that listen to our podcasts. And, and we're all, you know, we're all devoted to something in our lives. And if you're devoted to your faith, and you want to follow what the church teaches, and you want to follow the catechism of the Catholic Church, and, and everything like that, this is part of being Catholic. Yeah, if somebody isn't exactly like you, don't be afraid to still be friends with that person. Yeah, don't be afraid to dialogue with that person. That is partly being a peacemaker. You know, you, you're not to try to get them to hop the fence so that they're exactly like you in every way. 
Yeah, right. I agree. Does that make sense? I mean, we, we're not creating these little Catholics that are, you know, little cookie cutter, uh, nice little perfect families. Right. Yeah, I right? definitely Catholics not. of all sorts. There's people who have had lives that, you know, they, they've had very difficult lives and maybe they're even headed toward the end of their lives and they, they want to be part of the church. They can't go back to the very beginning of their lives. Right. So we, we can evangelize people of all ages, can't we? Absolutely. I mean, it's not just people, you know, a lot of people say, let's evangelize the millennials and the young people. Yeah, that we should do that. That's very important. But I think we should really try to try to evangelize everybody. Why put an age on it? Yeah. Well, Why and- put an age on, 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 on who we're evangelizing? Why not try to evangelize the whole world? Right. Well, and, and, and isn't that, uh, you know, interesting, you know, how, how Christ starts that, uh, you know, piece from, piece from Luke that earlier where I was talking about the division, right? Like, isn't that incredible how he, how he actually talks about it and how he actually says it to, to those um, people. I have come to set the fire on the earth and how I wish it was already a blazing, right? There, there is a baptism with which I must be baptized. Um, and how great is my anguish until it is accomplished? Like he's talking about his death, obviously. He's talking about that. But he's also talking about, I wish, like, like this event is going to set in motion a great fire that I, that I wish was already blazing on the earth, that I wish was already coming. And then he goes into that whole thing about division and, and, and everything. But, but man... To, to your point, Anne, talking about how we are supposed to, um, you know, be evangelists. Why put Jesus doesn't put any age on that. He's he wants the entire earth to be set on fire with His Holy Spirit, and until it's accomplished, there's there there is going to be that division. Until that is accomplished, there's going to be some division. There's going to be some, um, you know, evil manifestation in the world. It's going to, you're going to see it in your own family. You're going to see it in your own everywhere, but you know, you know, amongst nations and you're going to see it everywhere in our society. And, and I think that's what Christ is really saying, but he's also calling us to enter into that as a child. You know, as I said before, when a mom and dad are fighting, it's not like the child chooses sides. You know, the child both loves mom and dad and wants one thing for them to come back together and to be, you know, reconciled. And, and, and for there to be peace. So we're, you know, so we're called to be those peacemakers, enter into that situation, you know, through, through the division and through the different divisions in our society. Um, but, and yeah, this, uh, and then, um, you know, the other thing I just want to mention to people too, uh, as we're kind of wrapping up is that, um, if you are in, uh, college and you, and, and you have some of these questions, I know we were talking a little bit earlier about, um, you know, are we allowed to be friends with people who are not exactly like us? That was actually one of the questions in our upcoming book, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was, was one of the questions was. that the um, that that the students asked in Hearts Burning Within Us uh, and uh, Answers to Burning Questions by Catholic College Students. And so uh, I encourage you all, uh, you know, if you want some more resources and some in-depth answers, uh, the target audience definitely is for uh, college students, but we encourage all people, you know, parents, grandparents, uh, and and different ministries to um, tune in and get a copy of that book. Uh, 
I think it might be a very good resource for you and your ministries and in your, just in your lives. So uh, check that out. I know that's one of the questions we did answer in the book, uh, and, and I thought it was a great answer that we gave. So uh, check it out. Uh, it is available for pre-sale um, on our website, patchworkheart.org. Yeah, thank you, Bill. This was a great podcast, and I think the series is wonderful. I'm looking forward to that one last beatitude. Yeah, we've got one more, and uh, that one will, of course, be uh, on persecution. And that one is even a tougher one to do than peacemaking, folks. Uh, Blessed are they who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they insult you and persecute you and utter every kind of evil and thought against you falsely because of me. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward will be great in heaven. Thus, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So that is uh, the one we're going to reflect on next time, folks. But until then, uh, we really do appreciate you all tuning in. And don't forget to continue sharing this podcast with others. Uh, We've had some wonderful listenership. We're well over 50,000 downloads now. Uh, But uh, continue to share the podcast because that really does help us. Uh, to uh, continue our mission, which is to sow hope into broken hearts and to evangelize uh, everybody. So until next time, from everybody here at Patchwork Heart Ministry, I'm Bill Snyder. Keep beating to your Catholic heart, sowing hope into broken hearts. We'll see you for that last beatitude next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sowing Hope on Patchwork Heart Radio. For more information about this podcast, and our ministries. Visit our websites, patchworkheart.org and andesantis.com. You can also follow and interact with us on Twitter at PWH Ministry or andesantis2. Over 2,000 years ago, two disillusioned disciples walked along a dusty road to Emmaus. They had just witnessed Jesus, their friend and leader, whom they hoped to be the Messiah, suffer a gruesome death by crucifixion. Doubt, fear, and uncertainty clouded their conversation as they journeyed home questioning the future. Until something miraculous happened. The risen Jesus appeared and answered their questions. Today, many young Catholics step onto college campuses with numerous questions about their faith, yearning to know if the seed of faith given to them as a child is both true and practical. Using the miracle on the road to Emmaus as a model, young adult ministers conversed weekly for three months with college students about the most pressing questions they had about the Catholic faith. As they journeyed together virtually, something amazing happened. Doubts disappeared, fears faded, and Jesus revealed that he is still alive. Hearts Burning Within Us, the latest book from Patchwork Heart Ministry, scheduled to be released in the summer of 2021, is a result of that grace-infused conversation. To pre-order your copy and help spread the word about the book, visit patchworkheart.org.